What's up, guys? Welcome to the Locked On Clippers podcast. Of course, host on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope everyone's having a good Wednesday. I'm gonna... Some pretty interesting stuff to talk about. Gonna do a wrap-up of some of the preseason games that happened. Uh, the Clippers won last night, which was awesome. I predicted they would lose, and I was wrong. Always feels good to be wrong in that situation. And then I have a pretty short, what could have been Wednesday. This one's kind of short just because I really want to get into some of the good, the bad, and the ugly of that preseason game. So let's get into it right now with the biggest story so far of the preseason. Uh, the Rockets played the Shanghai Sharks last night. The Rockets won 128-86. to But the real star of this loss, I guess, would be Jimmer Fredette. Uh, he put up 41 points and 9 rebounds uh, in a 42-point loss for his team. Man, it was. It, I still can't believe that Jimmer uh, exists and is crushing it in China. It's really funny to see. He put up 41 points on 40 shots, so not the most efficient game from Jimmer. I saw a tweet saying, is Jimmer ready for an NBA comeback? No! <laughs> uh, he's absolutely not ready for an NBA comeback. The guy is a long-distance shooter who couldn't even play for the Spurs because he wouldn't change how he decided to play. Uh, side note about Jimmer Fredette, I watched a really cool documentary on him. Because he went to BYU, I always assumed that he was a quiet Mormon from Utah. That, I don't know if I'm the only one who did that, but he's just like an upstate New York guy. Like... <laughs> Him and his family are just like classic upstate New Yorkers who went to BYU and he just crushed. Um, I don't know. Funny to see him playing. His shot still looks good. Um, I think his team won that super like $2 million five-on-five tournament or whatever that was. Um, hope Jimmer does well this season for the Shanghai Sharks. Hope they don't have too many more 42-point losses where he puts up 40 shots. How does that even happen? 40 shots is so many. Um, on to players who actually matter. Harden had 37-9 and nine in three quarters. He had, I'm sure some of you have seen this clip, he had this crazy kind of step, side step back, I guess, where he kind of leapt over to his right, and as he was doing that, went, the, went behind his back with the ball, set his feet, and shot, which is not a travel. Harden is, no matter how you view him as a player, his flopping, whatever, whatever, he has some of the craftiest, he knows how to push the limits of what a jump step is. He almost jumps like 98% of what a travel should be. You know what I mean? He just kind of glides, he gets a little bit of elevation, but he goes a long way. He's a master at creating these weird, still legal kind of, uh, it's kind of like the newest evolution of the Euro step, I would say, are these very interesting, almost, not shuffles, because it just kind of blew my mind. Um, it was a very smooth shot. Rockets put up 128. They looked good. Uh, the Thunder beat the Bucks 119-115 in overtime. Why do they even do overtime in the preseason? It should just be a tie. No one cares. Uh, biggest stories out of this, Paul George had 26 in total and 19 in the first. Um, he looked really smooth. I think Hungry Paul George is one of my favorite players in this game. He's got a very, very sweet jumper. Um... Diallo, a second-round pick for the Thunder, put up 19-5-4. He looks really good. Looks like he might uh, have a nice hidden gem over there in Oklahoma. Nerlens Noel had 7 points and 14 rebounds in uh, 34 minutes. I am a very big Nerlens Noel supporter. I don't, you know, I'm very much pro hot dog during a basketball game, so I'm, I very much like Noel. He did make an insane gamble on himself and missed out on something like 
$40 million. But hey, those mistakes happen. Um, I hope he can kind of carve out a nice role with the Thunder. He didn't look very good offensively, you know, seven points in 34 minutes. But 14 boards, you can't be too mad at that. I hope he can kind of figure it out. They have a, if he can become a nice backup center, maybe four for them, they got a pretty good rotational squad. The team looks a little like they're having a little more fun now that Carmelo's not there. I don't know. I like Carmelo, but seems like kind of a detriment to the team vibe-wise if he's not having a good time. Uh, for the Bucks, Wood had 19 and 15. So many people rested for this game. Uh, just another reason why we should never have overtime. What if someone got hurt? But uh, this just uh, small piece. This doesn't really have anything to do with the preseason. Joel Embiid signed with Under Armour, making him the highest-paid big man on a shoe contract. Why? Why do people still sign with Under Armour? They have one of the greatest players uh, of our time currently signed, and no one buys his shoes. If Steph Curry cannot sell shoes, I don't think Joel Embiid could. I might eat my words because Joel Embiid seems to kind of understand the internet a little more than Steph Curry. He's very good at memeing himself. He's very good at, you know, saying outlandish things that are still people are totally fine with. Um, wish he would have gone with Nike. Uh, Another shoe note, Montrez Harrell is maybe going to have, might rival P.J. Tucker for best sneakers in the game this year. He's been unleashing some pretty sweet things. He uh, he wore D. Brown pumps, I think, in the first or second preseason game that he had to actually get from D. Brown himself, which just adds to the legend that is Montrez Harrell. That's kind of all I have for preseason news. Coming up after this, we're going to be doing a pretty short What Could Have Been Wednesday. So in this What Could Have Been Wednesday... This one is fairly current. What if we didn't get Boban in the Blake Griffin trade? Uh, last night, Boban absolutely dominated. I'll get into that later. Uh, our current centers, if we didn't have Boban, would be Trez, Gortat, and let's assume Jonathan Motley, right? That seems like the core we would probably have. Maybe he'd be at the four. Who knows? We probably, you know, we don't get Boban. We probably would have traded for Willie Colley-Stein, who this year seems hungry to prove people wrong. Um, I... Really like Willie Cauley-Stein's game as it translates to being on the Clippers. He's a big man who can move very well, um, which I guess is kind of the opposite of Boban. He's at least quick, I should say. Um, but yeah, I think uh, if we didn't get Boban, I think Tobias Harris would obviously not be playing as well as he is right now. I have a note here that life would be meaningless. Um, Boban coming to this team has really uh, energized the franchise. It seems like there's a nice... Uh, vibe around the whole team. Ralph Lawler said this during the broadcast last night, that there's a likability factor with the Clippers that was missing the last couple years. Some people on Twitter kind of, I don't know if took offense is the right word, but kind of had some things to say about it. But I think he's absolutely right. Um, this is the first time in a while that people who are fans of other teams you know, check in on our social media and check in on what crazy antics Boban and Toby specifically are getting up to. Um, I, for one, welcome this new friendly but defensively minded team. I think that's a really funny combination to be. We have guys like Boban who are friendly. Uh, we have guys like Pat Beverly who are not friendly in a productive way, which is great. Um, I think Lawler absolutely hit the nail on the head. I'm so happy. I you know, Will and I talked about this in the first episode, but when we moved down here, we started becoming Clippers fans uh, during kind of pre-Lob City era. And then during Lob City, I don't want to say I fell out of love with the Clippers because uh, they were absolutely fun to watch, but the vibe was not welcoming, I felt. I felt like it didn't represent 
Los Angeles as well as they do now. This team really now feels like, you know, we're grit and grind. We're the Clippers represent, you know, the opposite of the Lakers. We're not Showtime. We're not any of that. We're building basketball courts. I think they're building 350. Um, so if we don't get Boban, I don't think we have this much likability. I think, like I said, life would be meaningless. He wouldn't put up absurd per 36 numbers uh, like he did last night. And Tobias would probably stay in bed all day. And of course, who wants to watch a web series that's just Tobias? Well, I mean, we probably all would, but that's besides the point. Man, Boban's so great. How many minutes do you guys think Boban is going to get this year? Last night, he played 15. I'll get into his mind-boggling numbers uh, after this. But it seems like he could really only go 15 to 18. It's kind of situational. You know, we're not going to put him up against a super athletic center or anything like that. But I'm fine with the 15-minute range. If the game calls for it, I think he can tire people out. He obviously... I don't even know how you practice defending him. I guess you have your tallest guy and your shortest guy. You know, you have the short one get on top of the tallest guy's shoulders and then try and do that. Um, who knows? Anyway, thank God we have Boban. Thank Boban we have Boban. Uh, coming up, I'm going to recap the game against the Nuggets last night. That was fantastic. But first, guys, the season is just around the corner. We got a week until the Clippers home opener. And if you're listening to this, you might need tickets to that game. That is where Vivid Seats comes into play. Vivid Seats is your number one option for all entertainment. You can search by venue. You can search by event. It doesn't matter. Do you want a musical ticket? Sweet. Do you want a ticket for the ice capades? No sweat. Find it whatever you need. If you're a new customer, you can use promo code LOCKEDON in all capital letters to get $20 off your first order of $200 or more. If you're taking out that whole family, you want tickets. You want tickets that are guaranteed to be real, and you want to be satisfied. Vivid Seats has a satisfaction guarantee, and again, that promo code is locked on, all capital letters, locked on for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. So, to recap the wonderful game against the Nuggets last night, uh, I predicted the Clippers would lose. I was wrong. Uh, it feels good. That's so awesome I was wrong. We won 109-103. to 103. Very close game. Some notes, just pregame stuff. Doc Rivers said the six separators on the roster thus far are Tobias, Gallo, Avery Bradley, Patrick Beverly, Shea, and Lou Williams. He said all six are guaranteed rotation minutes heading into the regular season. One name that I think particularly jumps out, everyone right there, is Shea. He's guaranteed rotation minutes heading into the regular season. Um, I think the other five were it was kind of obvious. Maybe Beverly was kind of on the fence, but his defense keeps him in there for sure. He looked a little better last night. But, oh, it feels good to see Shea in there. Um, cannot wait to see him get minutes. Moving to the game, uh, Tobias and Gortat rested, which I predicted. I was pretty psyched about that. Um, shout out to Sriracha DFS on Twitter. They gave me credit, which, you know, always feels good. Thanks for the credit, guys. Uh, the starting lineup was kind of funny. It was uh, Patrick Beverly, Shea, Avery Bradley, Gallo, and Boban. Very goofy lineup. Um, <laughs> I think I put what WTF LOL right next to that. I mean, I don't think we'll see that during the regular season. We might. I kind of like... Um, it's a very oddly sized lineup. There's a bunch of length out there with Shea and Boban. Anyway, it didn't really seem to matter. We won 109 to 103. Boban was absolutely the player of the game. Uh, Boban was going up against Jokic. This is a thing we're going to see. I think when we see opposing centers who aren't the most athletic or quick, we're unleashing Boban on him. And it will work. 
Boban had 14 and 12 and four blocks in 15 minutes. I don't know if anyone here has seen Ocean's, uh, I think it's 12, but there's a very funny clip where he's going 15 minutes. That's how I felt watching this game. Boban absolutely dominated. At one point, he just went up, grabbed rebound. I think he said, this is mine or give me that and just put it right back up. Jokic, who is not a small human being by NBA standards, by any standards, looked like a child. Boban was literally stiff-arming people out of the way and just doing his tiny little tiptoe dunk, and it was awesome. It was very effective. I mean, those per 36 numbers, we're looking at 30, 25, and 9 in blocks. So, I mean, he is the greatest of all time in terms of per 36. I think we can all agree with that. Um, Gallinari had 16 on 5 of 15 shooting in 20 minutes. You know, not the most efficient game shooting 30%, but as far as this season has gone, I don't think Clippers fans could be any happier with how he is doing. He looks smooth. He's uh, really welcoming this new leadership role that's kind of been given to him. Um, He's comfortable. He's communicating out there. He talked about uh, his defense a little bit in a recent interview, and he said the biggest thing is communication. Um, I am such a big fan of that. I think a, a large percentage of a big reason of why you're successful as a team on defense is talking. You have to talk out there. And when you're Gallo, you kind of got to make up for some of your defensive shortcomings, which is knowing where to be, and you know where to be by communicating. Um, fantastic preseason from him. He made it through all the way, playing fairly heavy minutes, so that'll be nice to see. He played center a little bit this game, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but hey, I don't coach the team. I'm going to let Doc take control of that. Uh, Montrez Harrell, absolute force on defense. Um, He had four blocks in 24 minutes. I think two of them came within like a minute and a half of each other. Ended the game with 14 and 7. Again, wonderful preseason from Trez. A lot of guys are peaking at the right time right now, which feels really good going into that tough uh, initial first 10 to 14 games. He has a 7-foot wingspan, too. For a guy who's 6'8 or 6'9, a 7-foot wingspan is so invaluable. Um, He's, he, he was just amazing. I absolutely love watching Trez. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's coming for that most improved player award, and he might very well get it. Um, our guy Jerome Robinson had his best game of the preseason, going 4 for 10 and putting up 12 points. Hey, I've been pretty down on him lately. Uh, I tweeted recently that there was a really great tweet. I don't remember the numbers exactly, but they posted you know some great players of all time, Scottie Pippen, Grant Hill. Their rookie years were terrible. Um, this is kind of a reminder to myself, especially, to just be patient. Luckily, we have Shea to kind of help the sting of maybe not getting enough production from Jerome in his rookie year. Um, I did get called out on Twitter for that, and I welcome that. I totally do need to maybe relax a little bit. It just hurts, you know? Um, this game was good to see. His shot looked a little more confident. 4 of 10, obviously not really the numbers you want. like to see in that uh, 6 or 7 of 10 range. But hey, he's got a little bit of confidence under him right now. And let's hope it carries over. Mike Scott was another guy who did a little bit of everything. Uh, he had 25 minutes, which was good. Had 7, 6, and 4. Shot 1 of 2 from 3. Had a really great steal and a nice uh, breakaway dunk. He looked like he was playing with a little more joy, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. But it was nice to see him get into a rhythm and kind of stuff the stat sheet a little bit. He's going to be crucial on that second unit with Shea. Um, he was getting open looks, which was nice. Doc mentioned he's a little concerned about Mike Scott's conditioning, which is a theme kind of with Mike Scott and Shea and evidently Milos too, just because he's been hurt. So hopefully this team doesn't get too gassed out in those first 10 games because it's going to be a really tough slog. I wouldn't say 
the first 10 to 14 games are make or break for the season, but it's a pretty big indicator of if we'll make the playoffs, what our record is after those first 14 games. Avery Bradley's rounding out my the good section of this post-game recap. He had 10 points on 407 shooting. That's exactly what we want to see from him. He played great defense. Mike Malone praised him and Patrick Beverly in terms of being one of the toughest backcourts they're going to have to go against, which is, I mean, if you're listening to this, you know that's true. But if he can put up 10 points on this efficient of shooting and play lockdown defense, that's great. We're not going to rely on him to score too much. He's never been that guy, which I think everyone listening to this is probably totally fine with. So it was great to see both Mike Scott and Avery Bradley kind of have a bounce back game, get a little confidence under their belt going into the regular season. So now we can get into kind of some of the bad. Um, Shea had a really off night. He went two of seven. I kind of chalked this up to him being tired. Uh, He's been used a lot in these past couple games. They've kind of been truncated schedule-wise too. So it gives him some idea of what he's going to be expected or what he's going to expect during the regular season, but hopefully he can get that endurance up. We might be playing another preseason game. I have no idea if we're playing the Maccabee team. Um, it's I can't find tickets anywhere. We were scheduled to. It's on NBA.com, but if you have any info on that, please let me know. If we do play them, I hope Shea gets some rest. Who knows? Or I hope we don't play and everyone gets some rest. Um, we had kind of an off night. Like I said, two for seven shooting. Just could have been gassed, let's hope so. Still looked smooth. Still has the coolest looking jersey in the NBA. I will fight anyone who says differently. Patrick Beverly, points-wise, did not have a good game. He had two points. Um, If we play again, which would be tomorrow, uh, he's a candidate to get some rest. On the other side of the ball, though, he was flying around the court. Um, He was playing with the most intensity on the team, other than Montrez Harrell. Um, God, these two guys are just full of intensity, and I love it. Um... But he was a beast. He played this game like it was Game 7 of the you know, finals, which we all love to see. Um, just points-wise, not, you know, we're not going to rely on him. He's kind of like Bradley. He's there primarily for defense. But you'd like to see him put a little bit up more than two points. Guys who didn't get a lot of minutes, uh, Juwan Evans, Jonathan Motley, and Wes Johnson each got six minutes. No one really made the most of it except for Motley, who in six minutes had six points and four rebounds. He's putting up Boban per 36 numbers right there, you guys. Um, (laughs) He's literally averaging 36 and 20 in that per 36 right there. He was everywhere. He seems like a guy who is going to, you know, be in that third rotation. We're going to see some Motley minutes this year. Bummed Angel Delgado didn't get a run in this game. He seems uh, not doomed to the G League, but I will be watching some Agua Caliente Clippers to see him put up double-doubles. Sindarius... This was tough, played nine minutes, did not help his cause to remain on the team, put up one point on 0 of 2 shooting, the one point coming from a free throw. Got to see him doing more. Um, We waived Desi Rodriguez, so we still got a couple more guys to get rid of. At this point, seems like it might be Wes and Jawan or Wes and Sindarius. Oh, I don't want to see Sindarius go. That would bum everyone out. Um, He deserves a spot on some team, just might not be this team because of how many uh, just logjam at guards we have. That's been the phrase of the offseason. Milos Teodosic made his return to the floor, putting up 0-0 and 1 in 15 minutes. Definitely not what we want to see from Milos. I am kind of wanting Milos gone. I never thought I would say that. Um, I was a big Milos fan last year. He was fantastic to watch. But he doesn't seem to fit. There seems to be some chemistry issues because he hasn't been playing very much. He had a weird quote when he resigned about how, you know, he 
he couldn't find any other offers in Europe, so he felt good with the Clippers. I kind of want to see him moved. Um, crucify me if you want about this. I know there's a bunch of sleepy God uh, fans out there. Hey, I used to be a believer too. Now, not so much. We have young guys I want to see get time. I don't think he's better than any of the other guys that I want to see get time out there. He has fantastic vision. He can't really stay healthy, as evidenced by this preseason and last year. Just seems kind of like a net negative all the way around. His defense is poor, and if he's putting up 0-0-1 and in 15 minutes, who even wants that guy? Overall, uh, so just some notes on the game. We uh, Clippers played at a 102.5 pace last night, which would have put us in uh, you know top five in the league, which would have been cool. We were seventh in the league last year in pace, which is pretty surprising given uh, all the injuries and stuff like that. So maybe we can creep in to the top five. That would be pretty cool. No Nuggets player scored more than 15 points. It was fantastic team effort on defense. Uh, nice matchup to see us against a team like this and hold their top score to 15. Uh, 24 total team assists. Love seeing that. Eight more than the last game. So good to see that ball movement, and it translated to a win. Shot 34% as a team from deep, which is acceptable, I guess. Um, when you guy, when you have guys like Boban and Trez kind of feasting down low, that's not that big a deal. Nine team blocks, eight of them coming from Trez and Boban, but hey, we'll take it. Um, 14 offensive rebounds is a number that pops out. I really like how much this team seems to be kind of diving at offensive rebounds, trying to get those uh, clean that glass up. Offensive rebounds have kind of disappeared. I talked about this yesterday. If you have big guys taking corner threes, the Clippers will take those offensive rebounds because the big guys are probably going to miss them. Um, nice to see that energy down low. 17 points off 13 turnovers for the Clippers. That was good. Maybe bump that up um, to 23. I don't know, but at least we had we caused 13 turnovers. Um, overall, a fantastic performance. Got to get those roster cuts done in the next couple days. It's going to be Pretty heartbreaking for at least one guy. I'm hoping it's not Sundarius Thornwell. We might have a game tomorrow night. I've been researching this a ton. I tweeted it out. Have not gotten a question yet, or an answer yet, excuse me. I kind of hope it doesn't happen. We have a game in a week. Uh, William Updike and I will be at that opening game, sitting in section 206. If you want to come say what's up, come find us. I'll post our seat numbers on Twitter. Uh, Will gave a status report from Europe. He said, uh, no prospects he's seen so far, but the food in Prague is fantastic. That is all for me. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler on the Locked On Clippers podcast. Of course, on the Locked On Podcast Network. I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of their day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.